0: welcome back everybody to this week's edition of about to review i'm your host that guy named john and boy is this episode interesting i have on the podcast uh, a game designer a writer a creator a game show host and the prince of all geekdom I am joined by Ivan Van Norman.
1: Hey, hello John. It's nice to see you after about a decade or so.
0: Yeah, it has been a long time. Well, one of us one of us is super busy like on Twitch and on Geek and Sundry on all over the place. So whose fault is it that we have not seen each other in forever?
1: I I know I'm a terrible friend and an awful human being. I I I deserve only your lament and shame. Is really okay. all that comes down. to. I mean, to. as long so. as we <laughs>
0: establish that right off of the bat, then we should be fine.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's so funny when I, I I'd seen your face again. It's just kind of one of those things. Where it's like, ah man, ten years. That's um, <laughs> that's not a small amount of time. No, that is not a that is not a small amount of time that happens. Um. A decade is is uh is is a thing, and I thought about that even with my old college mates as well too but mm-hmm. i've I've known you even even earlier than that one would say
0: so yeah, so kind of a a brief history of how i know history
1: this- lesson of John and Ivan <laughs> brought to you by that guy named John
0: there you go <laughs> so I met Ivan when he was uh A young man of only 17 years old. The
1: the tender, impressionable age that I was, yes. Uh, An
0: impressionable is one way to put it, considering Ivan, at that time, was involved in theater. A certain production Mm. in particular, in which he was in a corset and heels and fishnets. Yep, yep. Uh, That production was a really weird production of The King and I. It was just bizarre. (laughs) 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 It was just like, I mean, is is this happening? I mean but we were, it was an yeah. avant-garde production.
1: It was very avant-garde. Um uh, involved no, involved was, a lot of makeup and heels. It, it and was things, not the King of so. Night. It
0: was the Rocky yes. Horror Picture Show.
1: I was going to say well I was waiting for that reveal to happen there. <laughs> right. Um yeah, the the glory years of Rocky, the mm-hmm. the glory years of uh of the lips um back when I was uh, forbidden fruits Dark little secret that they had to protect me from because <laughs> I don't know if I ever told this to you, but I, I wasn't even supposed to be in that cast. Because I, I, I wasn't remember a,
0: something like that, yeah,
1: yeah. It's just because the university was very strict about, hey, you know, it's for university students. But I guess that uh, I guess they didn't really care too much <laughs> when it came to me. Well, t- Either that, or they just needed a Frankie really bad.
0: Well, that and I mean, you were you were fantastic. So I mean, of course they were going to. You know, let it slide. Hmm.
1: Well, that's very sweet of you.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that kind of brings me to my first question, which is knowing that anyone who knows Ivan—and if you do not know about Ivan, you have not been on the internet for a long time because he uh-huh. is all over the place.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Trying. You know, <laughs> I'm just finally starting to edge in a little bit,
0: but, hobnobbing you know. with Will Wheaton, Chris Hardwick of the world. You know.
1: Uh-huh with the goblins as they say <laughs> right. um, is that what they are called Yeah No I'm just uh, there's a there's an old Frank Zappa song called Hobnoblin, Uh, Uh, with goblins, so, and I was making a bad Frank Zappa joke.
0: Well, because with me, like, I was like, I was like, is that that a deep L.A. cut? I was like, is that what they call each other?
1: (laughs) Deep L.A. cut, that's perfect. (laughs) I would love to call other people that I like other guests, and like, hey, I'm just hanging out with me and my goblins. You know, I'm gonna, I I might make that into a thing, John. Like, I might go around and be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm my guest goblin today on my show. (laughs) Yeah. Although I don't know how well people will take to being called goblins.
0: Okay, the people that you normally have on what Of your mini shows, I think they would be honored to be called a goblin by you. And if you do that, uh I think I get some credit for that, so Alright,
1: yeah, yeah. Alright, your your royalty cut will be in the mail. So Perfect. Um yeah, no, I've got a I've got a couple things moving and and around. Like right now there's um I have my weekly Twitch show in which we play board games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Geek and Sundry's Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Geek and Sundry. Um, and it's kind of like... even Even Will kind of called it like Tabletop's sister show, which... That was really cool when he decided to say that. Mm-hmm. It's called table. It's basically tabletop live. We have guests every week to play board games, mm-hmm. and we play board games live. But then there's a nice, fun, interactive chat element to it, and when people get to participate in the community that we build around me and my co-host.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there's a how to play series called um, How to Play. <laughs>
0: I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure it is called How to Play. How to Play. play. <laughs>
1: right and uh and that's basically a quick overview video because there's uh, 10 million reviews channels as you know mm-hmm. on the on the internet and people talk about review board games all the time and there are even a lot of amazing channels like watch it played in which give you a breakdown element um, but, you know, if you're not really invested into a game yet and you kind of just want an overview mm-hmm. and at the same time get an idea of how it's played, then that's kind of the format that we fill. They're basically five-minute videos um, <laughs> that just say, hey, here's the game. Here's here's a quick overview of how to play Blank. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice because it's very in and out. Again, it's not hours and hours' worth of right. um, content.
0: So. Which, you I mean, that being said... There are some of the games that you and I both know, I mean, it will take hours and hours if you oh, yeah. have the time to then explain the game.
1: <laughs> it's true. And and there's this uh, thing that I've developed, uh, this term I've developed a little bit over the years called nose time, in which it's mm. just how much time you stick your face in a rule book. Um, okay. And so my whole point of it is just to reduce nose time,
0: you know. I like that. Yeah. I mean, and like some, and, one of the games you did recently on that one was Harry Potter.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. A little deck building game. The Hogwarts Battle.
0: The Hogwarts Battle. So something yeah, like it's that. It's a
1: Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. It's a deck building game in which you basically are going through the storyline of, of, of the seven, the seven different books slash movies. Mm-hmm. And you are, uh, you are basically just doing a cooperative storyline using characters from the film in order to thwart villains. It's actually a very simple game. Hmm. I'm su- very surprised in how simple it is. It only has two resources: attack and, and money. Okay, and the whole idea is that you're just trying to uh, allocate as much damage to those villains as possible in order to flip through the whole villain deck and clear it out.
0: You know, interesting. So a game like so that, not- like that video is like four minutes, which is perfect because that way it at least gives you that yep. overview how to play it and then encourages you to then go and you know pick it up at you know hopefully your local right. gaming store of course and if you like it you know you can get it on Amazon give,
1: yeah give you a give you a little give you a little more than what the back of the box or the guy at the counter will give
0: you mm-hmm. well to me like a lot of games like that or just games in general I need to pick it up I need to touch it I need to see it so watching <laughs> things like your series where you can actually lay out the cards where you can really get mm-hmm. an idea cuz yeah if I'm in a gaming store and I pick up a box, and I turn it around. I see the pieces. Oh, it's in there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, with me, it helps me a lot if I can actually see what is going on.
1: And some stores are really good about that. They'll often have boxes that are open that are for their play place, and, and you know, you can open it up and see what's inside of it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's... um, But that... That not every store has that. Yeah, you know, and that's not that store's fault. It's just not every store can afford to open one box of their inventory every mm-hmm. single time they bring it in. Especially
0: with how many <laughs> new games come out all the time.
1: Oh my gosh, the sat- its crazy the saturation right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so to, to tie back uh, before I move on to other topics, to tie back with theater, being that you yes. are a huge gamer, be it role-playing games, deck-building games. All of the games. All the games. To the philosophical question of which came first, chicken or the egg, since I first met you in a theater-type setting, which, uh-huh. which came first, your love of theater and performance or your love of gaming and RPGs? Oh, my God, that's so hard. I know. Um, what, you thought this because... was going to be an easy podcast? Come on now.
1: No, <laughs> oh, God, the, the deep one. They got to me. Uh, <laughs> it's It is funny because I... I was I was always a lot more of a ham than I was uh a a intellectual gamer type. I played video games first. That mm-hmm. was just I loved diving into world that the that the our generation of games kind of gave us. But I didn't get into role playing games or even really board games until like close to the end of college. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really play my first War game or my first um role playing game until like sophomore year of college I
0: mean that is shocking. I had
1: <laughs> I had run a role playing game mm-hmm. um when i was uh when I was in middle school, but it was a terrible experience, mostly because <laughs> I was running it and oh. I was running it poorly mm. so uh because I selfishly wanted to quote unquote tell my story and I've since learned that it is it is not about the story that you want to tell it's about everybody having a good time at the same table. Nice. And that Perfect. was that was that was a lesson that I had to learn later in that like let everyone have their fun. Mm-hmm. If people if people want a specific kind of way to play the game whether they want to play it fast and loose and funny and a little light like hard, lighthearted with comedy or if they want to play a real serious storyline with with diplomatic intrigue and puzzles <laughs> and like and just you know st- and stories that make them think mm-hmm. then it just depends on what people want and you want to make sure that you have that same kind of mindset all across the board on your table mm-hmm. you know with you know you can have the occasional mishmash but so but would you, I've would you say that... that
0: experience at that young age of when you tried to run your first game, yeah. did that kind of make you not want to do that again for a while, or was it just... No, there wasn't any aversion of it. Okay. I just didn't
1: continue down the path. Gotcha. You know, like it wasn't, it wasn't a good enough experience where I'm like, I need more, I need to consume <laughs> mm-hmm. this. It, was, it wasn't until I had a really great experience with it in college that it was now like, wow, this is... This is a really powerful medium mm-hmm. that I I love and I want to dive into and do more, uh, and that interest then became a hobby and that hobby then became a, um, uh, an, a, like a, I call it an active hobby and then that mm. active hobby became a career. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, which I think is yeah, I'm, I, is amazing. I've never broke it down like that before. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I mean, so. it is an amazing your your track. As you kind of mentioned earlier, is pretty incredible, and so I mean, yeah, you just you kind of nailed it right there. You know, going from that hobby to then active hobby to then a career, like you are now. I mean, again, I dubbed you the Prince of All Geekdom. <laughs> uh.
1: Uh, that's that's an interesting yeah, because then it, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that. I, I that's really cool. Honor I mean, it, it, uh... it sounds yeah. That's I mean. <laughs> it's flattering and it, i guess maybe i'm just so not used to kind of like i look at what i'm doing and mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's that's fun i really enjoy doing that what else more can i do or, or hey M. oh you know what there's other people out there who i love and respect and do amazing things how can i get more involved in the amazing things that they're creating and you know i guess i don't really <laughs> you know and then i think prince and i'm like well I, I don't lord over these people. Maybe I should lord over them more, my princely duties. Well, I was, going, um,
0: I was trying to think of a title because I wanted to give you a title. I was like, Duke <laughs> maybe? Because, I mean, maybe, maybe you will agree with me that the Grand Emperor, you know, the king of all geeks at the moment is Chris Hardwick. It seems like he just <laughs> is doing everything.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got he's got his figures in a lot of
0: pots. Yeah. So, so if know. I was putting him up here somewhere, and this is an audio medium, so no one else but Ivan can see this, then I was like, <laughs> all right, where would I put Ivan? And in my opinion, you are right there. You're next in line. So all we need to do is oh a coup d'etat, my gosh, that's awesome. You know? that's,
1: yeah, that's really that's really that's really thank you. That's really great. Now now I know um, whose wine I need to poison. Is really exactly is what it comes down to.
0: <laughs> you, 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 and Will can team up. Uh, he might be uh, another prince from another, you know, fiefdom, uh, and you guys fiefdom. can go from there.
1: We are lords of our lands, sir. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, th- thank you, John. That's um, that's extremely flattering. I, 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 I will, I will take the compliment because ah. I'm usually very bad at it. So
0: <laughs> well, you, um, you, you deserve it, and it has been. I mean, again, watching you throughout these years and seeing all the cool things that you are doing and the things that you're getting the opportunities to do. And not only that, the opportunities that you are making for yourself, I think also speaks to that because again, uh, for anyone listening who is like, wow, this Ivan guy sounds really interesting. You know, where have I heard that name before season one of King of the nerds on TBS? uh, Mm -hmm. That was where you kind of, yeah exploded onto uh the the media stage <laughs>
1: yeah it was definitely a launching platform mm-hmm. um and you know that definitely helped in kind of just and it, i like to tell people like oh well you know did they what what you know did they taint your image cuz reality tv is is obviously has a really good reputation for um, you know, painting picture and not necessarily a truthful light. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show actually did very well to kind of show us, show everybody um, what we were. We we're all very, very sincere on that show. Which, I mean, it was and, something
0: uh, something unique, you know, kind of like you huh? were mentioning. Because, again, if you get 12 people, 5 people, 3 people in a room, you put cameras on them 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. People, Doing nerdy shit. <laughs> people go crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just doing nerdy, nerdy, nerdy shit, and I like to, I like to think that. And someone actually told me one day when I'm like, "Man, I don't know what to do with all this." It's like, I know that I'm supposed to be doing stuff with this. This is cool. This is fun. Things that are happening, but it's like, what, what is, what is the draw? What is the attention? Mm-hmm. And someone said, "Hey, Ivan. Well, you know." You're a fun guy. Mm-hmm. And now just more people know you're a fun guy. That's it. That's the only difference. Like, you as a person have not changed reality TV. Didn't change you. You are still the person you've always been, or at least you should be. Mm-hmm. The difference is that more people know that now. More right. people know it because <laughs> you, it, you know, you got, like you said, shotgunned mm-hmm. um, into the world of nerdy,
0: nerdy fun time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what you have been able to do with that is, is pretty awesome. I could not even list. All of the, the projects that you have done and continue to do. So one of yeah. the early episodes, uh, you said something that I thought was great, which is it is not just about, you know, how you play role playing games. It is why you should. In your expert opinion, why do you think this is such a good medium that people should be playing role playing games?
1: yeah that was the the saving throw thing
0: oh saving throw saving right. throw
1: yeah um yeah so one of the um uh one of the the reasons why role playing games are a beautiful thing right now and why people are playing them, why people should play them is because we are back in an interactive storytelling time in which we want to participate inside of the story um, mm-hmm. one of the reasons people I feel like are getting back into a board game and analog gaming so much is because we have we have gotten so used to anonymity of the internet that mm-hmm. when playing video games and interacting with video games online we um we essentially have that digital wall that we all now exist in mm-hmm. and you know we have the means to communicate but you may not necessarily want to communicate with those people you know <laughs> right um and uh and so we often have to resort to, like, a mute or a block function. And even the times when none of that's happening, it's usually just lackluster. We're all just kind of playing a game together, but we're not really playing together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so board games are are the in absolute antithesis of that while still being a game that we play. It is a face-to-face interaction in which we're directly Involving people and we are either in conflict or we are in cooperation and we're bonding together over physical analogs that represent the time that we spend at the table together. Mm-hmm. And role-playing games are just that in a storytelling medium, you know, storytelling. We've, we've been telling stories to each other since there was meat over on a stick rotating mm-hmm. on a fire,
0: all right. When Grog like, was telling about you know killing an antelope,
1: right? It's that's <laughs> when we were still doing things, and there was a f- and there was, and uh, you know the flickering lights of the fire has slowly turned into the flickering lights of a TV over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still pay attention to those flickering lights, and the difference was is is that storytelling turned into song and turned into dance which turned into theater which turned into movies which turned into or which turned into radio which then turned into movies Mm -hmm. and entertainment has always grown from a storytelling format and now there's this weird subsect in which people are telling stories but there are people who are participating in that story live Mm -hmm. you know and all role-playing games to me are is an excuse to tell stories with other people in a live format using a controlled medium of polyhedral dice. The polyhedral dice are the mediators of the rules. <laughs> right. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. They just they tell you whether something happened or not, but otherwise we're all participating in a storytelling format together. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's, yeah.
0: And that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, like, what was crazy is... You know way back in the day, you know like around when Ivan and I you know were had first met and you know those those first years, I knew a lot of friends who were deep into role playing who mm-hmm. they would come over. I had a roommate at the time, he would have his friends over, and they would sit down on the living room floor and work on character sheets for hours, and so I would yep. relentlessly make fun of them, partially knowing. That it was the only realm of geekdom that I myself had not yet gone down, <laughs> so yeah. it was like, all right, I can still make fun of those geeks,
1: haha. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, because I'm not in, I'm not in that deep. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> but I also knew, as soon as I got into something like that, I would, I, I would go all in. I would just fall yeah. down the rabbit hole, and that happened because recently yeah. <laughs> I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? And it has been my gateway drug. I mean, I always loved gaming, but D&D, like having that creative outlet again, and since you and I are similar in that we come Uh from a theater background, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to just perform, but also just hang out with your friends and have that creative outlet has been incredible.
1: And it can be a very loose or it can be a very personal thing, Mm -hmm. depending on how you want how how invested do you want to get into it? I, I just ran a, a very... Well, we had some friends who had never played before, so I joined in on a session with some friends. And it was still fresh and fun for me, even after all the years. And, mm. and, and um, as you know, my format, my participation in the role-playing area is... Matt Mercer is the king of D&D. Yes, so, yes, absolutely. So... <laughs> So there's no need for me to do that because he already does that so incredibly <laughs> mm-hmm. well. Um, so it's kind of – I feel like it's almost my prerogative, my 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 duty in order to show everyone else the other elements of role-playing games mm-hmm. that can go out there. And what, what else you can do if you're either done with D&D or it never really called to you in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, I decided to wear this sweater, uh, partially for you. Party time, uh, yeah. Party time, and it has, you know, different classes of characters on it. Yep. So, <laughs> I like
1: it. And ironically, I'm sure you see my, I, I don't even, re- didn't even realize it today, but I'm wearing my Critical Role t-shirt, so. Oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah. Synergy. All tying in. I only all saw, like, two in. names, and I was like, all right, Mercer. All right, uh,
1: okay. Mercer, Percy, uh, Kyleth, Tiberius, Scanlan, Pike, Grog, Vex, Vax, and Trinket. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. It, it definitely <laughs> it's a, is. It's a goddamn thing. I can't believe it's a thing. I'm and uh and I do have a and, and just to just to kind of give a moment to say that I do actually run role playing games live um on Geek and Sundry as well too. It is not in the coveted critical role time slot. Mm-hmm. Mine's a little bit earlier. It's from four to six on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But I'm uh, I'm running the seventh C right now.
0: The seven which, C's?
1: the the seventh C seventh um, okay yeah have you heard of that game before I'm not sure I,
0: I mean it is another one where I mean I play D and D every week at a local yeah. gaming store um, and so I pass by a lot of games and the store that I go to like we were talking about earlier frequently has tables set up with open box you know games so a lot of these right. games sound familiar and I might have seen it sure. But Tell me about this game in particular.
1: 7th Sea was a game that um was actually had a legacy. The first edition of the game came out 8 or 9 years ago or so. Wow. Um older game, uh, but it is a swashbuckling RPG.
0: I like it already. It ready. is a
1: game of rom- of romantic intrigue, um uh, adventuring and swashbuckling. Hmm. And so the 7th the 7th Sea second edition recently came out on Kickstarter and became the most funded RPG on Kickstarter Jeez. at like 1.4 million oh, dollars oh or something gosh. like
0: that. Mhm. Okay.
1: And uh it's from John Wick Presents and uh it's pretty phenomenal. Um we're having a really good time with it right now and uh I actually need to make an effort to to let people know because it's still a live format. We haven't gotten into it it, it uh my show is uploading on YouTube but it, it's it's you know by the time there's about 9 episodes back on it, so there's about 9 episodes that still need to be uploaded until you would be considered live okay. at this point.
0: But it gives some so, it gives um, something someone something to binge on.
1: Mhm. And and our last show was Pugmire,
0: oh, the one that just okay. finished. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Pugmire's fantasy role-playing games with dogs, you know? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it's a post-apocalyptic fantasy world in which man has been wiped out and dogs have risen as the sentient race and they've managed to (laughs) reverse-engineer enough of man's technology to get to medieval Europe stage. Okay. It's (laughs) it's pretty fun. It's really fun. Um, People live by a code of man. Dogs live by a code of man and they worship man as gods.
0: Interesting. And
1: the first creed... Of uh, The code of man is be a good dog. Of, of be course. Be a good dog. Right. right. Uh, two is fetch what has been left behind. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, three is protect your home. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, uh, fourth, I believe, is bite only those who endanger you. <laughs> uh, and it continues down. It's a wonderful little creed. Um now is the, and is the very, dog very thing,
0: clever. is that your twist on an existing... System, no, it's a, it's
1: a it is a game
0: system called Pugmire.
1: Wow! All right, it's from it's from
0: it's from Onyx
1: Path Publishing. There's the same guys that publish White Wolf's or White Wolf's um, World of Darkness system. Okay, okay, and that's uh, you know Vampire the Masquerade, right. um, Werewolf the Reckoning. All of that is published through Onyx Path, and this is one of their original titles, uh, written by Eddie Webb, who is a game developer and a wonderful human being. Um, Oh, yeah, bite bite only those who endanger you, obey the master, be loyal to those who are true, Mm -hmm. and protect all from the unseen. Those are the code of man. Wow. uh, It's great. It's fun. (laughs) It it doesn't even come out until February-ish or so, so it's not out in the system yet, but it was Kickstarted, and it did very, very well.
0: So were you guys playing it during the Kickstarter campaign, Afterward.
1: No, we did it afterwards. There was an early access set of rules okay. and then Eddie also because Eddie's awesome, he gave me a live document of the rules that were currently in play or the ones that he was. Basically, I was given access to the rules as he was writing it, so I had a <laughs> awesome. chance to be able to to like, you know, use some of it and play with it, and it's been fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. So where can people specifically watch Pugmire? So it is on the YouTube. Pugmire's channel? on YouTube. Okay. Mhm.
1: Yeah, just search. uh, Just I think if you hop on YouTube, and I won't confirm this right now because I have the internet. um, (laughs) If I if you just type in Pugmire, first thing to come up Pugmire, shocking. Because you
0: you would think there would be so many other channels with Pugmire.
1: Nope. Um, Yeah, there's the Kickstarter and awesome. There's yeah, it's the promo. But we uh, we are we are tippity toppity tip top. So
0: that is awesome. Uh, what is crazy is, I mean, speaking of Kickstarter, so that game and system crushed it. I mean, just right I mean, d- did an incredible success. The other one recently, speaking of gaming was uh boardgametables.com, and they did one oh, for board their, game tables yeah, 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 they did mm-hmm. one for their Duchess table. they only won they had a 40,000 dollar goal. They ended up with almost 2.6 million dollars. <laughs> So people like yeah. it's just like the gaming like whatever.
1: And now I feel like there's a new table coming out on Kickstarter every week at right. this point. Like there's so many tables coming out. And um to be fair, Board Game Tables is a European company if I remember correctly. Okay. And is it it's not is it Geek and Son? No, it's not the Geek and Son one. It is No, it's just Board Game Tables. Um, cuz the the coveted one is of course Geek Sheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use actually one for called Carolina game tables. Oh, okay. But um, uh, if I don't know, have you? Did you purchase? Uh, did you purchase? I, I wanted a, to purchase the duchess,
0: uh, the D and D group that I play with. They sent out an email being like, "Hey, yes. this just launched," and within 24 hours, it had already. I mean, it went. It surpassed so many goals. So you can still yes. pre-order it, yes. uh, which is really cool. But I just I find it fascinating that.
1: And here's the challenge that you need to know about this table in specific. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if you knew this about the Duchess, but you do know the Duchess doesn't have an in lid. Um, yes, it has that uh,
0: huge it, piece that goes over top.
1: <laughs> over top, so it's it's like a giant mouse pad. It's essentially you <laughs> put a giant mouse pad on it, mm-hmm. but it's not built into it like a lot of the other tables mm-hmm. are. You know, so just just if people are like, oh, you know, just there need there needs to be some. There needs to be some clarification mm-hmm. on that, at least.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, look at that. It is, just awesome. it is just awesome that that game made a ton of money. This table made a ton of money because it just shows that uh-huh. people are so interested in now kind of getting away from the TV, you know, getting away from the controller and wanting to sit down with each other.
1: Yep, yeah, play games. And it's. I feel like it's been a wonderful resurgence that we're all just feeding in to the glory that is role-playing games mm-hmm. together. So it's, now, it's super great.
0: <laughs> how did you first get involved with Geek & Sundry?
1: Uh, I was the uh, campaign manager for Tabletop Season 3. So at that time, I was a marketing consultant who was working on crowdfunding campaigns particularly, and I was um, helping a lot of startup companies kind of raise money and raise mm-hmm. awareness through uh, digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And... um I had helped some friends at Saving Throw. I had gotten involved with Saving Throw um, and kind of was part of their channel, and we did some content and stuff together. Um, And then through that kind of introduction, I was introduced to um, who was at the time the social media manager for Geek and Sundry about needing to come in and do this campaign. Hmm. Um, And came in, interviewed. They said we're launching the campaign in four weeks. (laughs) So, which is... For any of you who have ever run a kickstarting project ever, you probably are like, yes, but that was, I ran panic mode, but we did it. We got that campaign off the ground. We structured all the deals. We got all of the mediums together, the, everyone kind of over it. And I kind of had been involved with them ever since, um, Hmm. doing different things. It took me, it took me about a year to even fulfill tabletop. Um, wow. to to get things done cuz I was pretty much the only one on the fulfillment team for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just and just slowly became more and more involved. Is really what happened.
0: Um, that is awesome. <laughs> um now from from that, it kind of the the latest thing, well not even latest thing cuz there are 20 different latest things that Ivan is working on at all times, but the main thing <laughs> recently that I thought was really, really cool and unique and different is Ivan just wrote a book called The ABCs of RPGs. And there are two different uh, books. There is the the alphabet book, just a regular book that has awesome, awesome story, you know, or story, just kind of every letter, you know, your typical alphabet book, but then also an awesome activity book that has another full alphabet with coloring pages, with activity pages. And to, again, your credit, since we were talking about Kickstarter, when you guys were on Kickstarter, you had a $9,000 goal. You ended up with over $76,000 in pledges. So I am clapping to you right now. I don't want to clap too loud right (laughs) into my microphone, but congratulations, (laughs) that is amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, it was it was amazing for me, too, because I had no idea, John. I had no idea. <laughs> it was either going, and in my mind, it was going to do either two things. It was either totally going to kill it, or it was totally not going to kill it. Mm-hmm. So, And I gave them a very equal chance. Oh. Um,
0: <laughs> Good to be and, realistic, you know.
1: Yes, um, an equal chance of killing it or not killing it. And so it was fun, and I didn't realize just how far it was going to go. But, uh, yeah, it really did a lot. It helped a lot with getting the thing out of, out of the door and allowing us to, to kind of work on the project more. Um, we It's now on thinkgeek.com, mm-hmm. which that is fun. That was where I picked it up. Fun. Yes. <laughs> Great, right. That reminds me, you said you picked it up this weekend. Did you get a chance to look at it? What did you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. So I have it right next to me. Uh, this book that I'm holding up that Ivan can see is amazing. So <laughs> all of us who, you know, have families or nieces or nephews or siblings or whatever you have probably read the same book to a person a million times but having a book like this is so unique it is so different because it is about role playing you know it is an alphabet book that teaches people that shows kids oh what is this world you know what what else is there you know a is for apple is great but a is for adventure you know, it immediately kind of, like, it starts the gears moving. It starts, you know, kids thinking about the possibilities yeah. of what else a can is happen. A is for
1: adventure. May you always be on one, you know? And it just... B is... Yep. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. With it, with B. No, I was
1: going to... As a B is for book, the source of all of our fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It's... Because it, you know, it's the ABCs of RPGs, What. It has to be all the things that we love about mm-hmm. that medium and bring it into place and inspire kids. Because mm-hmm. when I was first uh, – I, I have a 16-month-old, and when he was starting to – when, you know, the 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 pilot light was going off and it was told that he was about ready to get done in <laughs> Mama's Belly, mm-hmm. uh, I was – looking around trying to find all the fun nerdy things that I really wanted to share with him as part of his early morning experience obviously because it would tickle me more than him since he's just a baby
0: (laughs) right of course um
1: but i couldn't find anything like children's book wise and i've and i have and i have some really deep down the rabbit hole places that i like to go to to find weird stuff like that mm-hmm. but like the only things i could find are like the parody cthulhu books like the very very hungry cthulhu pitter <laughs> or clifford the big red god you know right. um, these parody ones which mm-hmm. are great and they're fun and they're silly you know for parents to read but they're not it, 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 it's not for kids, mm-hmm. you know. And so at that point, I'm like, "Well, damn it! Now I have to go make one because there's not <laughs> one out there." And uh, you know, six months later, there's there's your book. <laughs>
0: so wait, yeah, because I was I was gonna ask about that from idea to inception to product. How long was that process? And and I yeah. was
1: writing I was writing the book as kind of a thought experiment to help do an article for how to get into role playing games like basically a, hey you want to play role playing games uh, but you don't know how to here are the abc's of rpgs hmm. and that's kind of where that idea came from so originally the abc's of rpgs was like a thought process on how to get people into role playing games that have never that, that that don't know anything about it right and so and as a thought experiment, I literally wrote that A is for adventure all the way down from to Z is for zeal, and I submitted it to my buddy, uh, who's the editor-in-chief over there, and I'm like, all right, well, here's my 10-page diatribe, <laughs> you know, because, and that was me trying to chunk it down as mm-hmm. much as I could, but that was still, like, 10 pages of here's the step-by-step, and here's this fun little thing that I did that I wrote as, like, a byproduct and a you know, it was like a here's an extra thing that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. And he and I, I it was literally uh, in his mind when I talked to him about it later. It was like he opened my email and he was like, threw away my 10 pages, <laughs> ran right into the trash, and like, let's talk about this right. thing that you just did right here. This is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, this, that you should totally make a children's book around this. And I was like, wow, you know what? That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And so I kept that, and I started looking for artists. Um, I actually interviewed another artist before landing on this guy who you see that is in the book. Mm-hmm. And the the first guy was a good friend of mine, and he was a really good artist in the sense that he took really great direction. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was very precise, and his style was perfectly emulative of what I asked him to do. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have that whimsical knowing mm-hmm. that comes from when you play role-playing games Interesting. like that like okay. that that beautiful what caleb does and what what made it so clear that he was the right artist for this project is is that his art basically insinuates what we all love and know about role-playing games mm-hmm. and what we know about being a kid and does that without having to do obvious things like for example O is for owlbear. This one's name is Chris. My original artist did a fun thing where it was like he drew an owlbear who's like kind of – he's like walking around the gaming convention floor, and he's got a big shirt on, and he's got his backpack, and he's walking around the con, right? right. <laughs> and it had Chris on the front of it. I'm like, all right, well, that's clever and cute. It's very on the nose, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, well, that's that's an interesting take. But then when Caleb did it, it was just like he Calvin and Hobbed it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? He made he made a perfect rendition of an owlbear, as we all imagine it, with a kid just laying on its back, looking up and being having his mind wander as he looks through the clouds, mm-hmm. and that is so much more delightful as an imagery, um, and and I don't think that could have come from anybody other than him because he's also such an adamant role player,
0: and that that makes total sense because I was going to ask you when you were because it sounds like the alphabet originally was just kind of not a throwaway idea but it was just like it it was a byproduct like you said of what you were what you had initially set out to do so once your editor got back to you being like after he had shredded those 10 pages of your hard work yeah (laughs) and saw like you know the one page of the alphabet a to z when you started thinking about it did you already have an artistic style in mind or was it only until you started getting some art back
1: that's how it always is john like i mean uh, at least for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like i i'm very difficult as far as a creator <laughs> goes because i don't know what i want until i see it okay you know and i can i can communicate in verbs and as you should do communicate with ideas and examples and i can provide all these things um but i i can't i can't give like a pen, a pen stroke, interpretation mm-hmm. of what I'm looking for, because because I'm not an artist like that, right? You know, um, and I think that's the difference between in the film dis- in the film world. That's the difference between being a director and being like a director of photography. It's like a photographer mm. knows how to make things look beautiful, mm-hmm. and they can bring art to the medium. But the director is the person who ties the vision together in the medium. Okay, and that's and that's the challenge of even putting together something as simple as a children's
0: book, (laughs) you know. Because that speaking on the art that Caleb Cleveland did, it is incredibly inclusive. That was one of the other things that really stood out for me right in the beginning.
1: Oh, I was really adamant about that. I'm like, we need we need like needs to be very. Needs to have all creeds and colors, Mm -hmm. different types of kids, so many different types of kids, boys, girls, and, you know, make, like, feel free to, like, make comforting archetypes, but don't lean on archetypes at all. And, boy, did he do that.
0: Uh, Seriously, I mean, I picked up on that right away, and he did a phenomenal job. The both of you did, because I'm sure, you know, it it was collaborative effort, so I'm sure you guys went back and forth, but... The vision that you had of wanting it to be inclusive and then to see his final product and how amazing <laughs> it is with kids yeah. of different shades, yeah. mm-hmm. kids of different heights, of different abilities like that. It was just it was great. And again, it was just a-, a unique concept. Yeah. Or- A's
1: for adventure is the perfect example because you have this this very eclectic group of kids like there's the little red headed archery boy mm-hmm. and there's the there's the like. There's the Hispanic kid with his sword and his shield, and then you've got like the the, the older adult girl <laughs> with her paper ears, mm-hmm. and like the very jovial, very uh, fun. Like I'm looking at my favorite page in this whole book is mm-hmm. Q is for questing, mm. in which all of the kids receive the um receive like basically their magical items right. from their animal mentors. And you know, and the the little the little rogue girl, the little thief girl, mm-hmm. clearly feels like she's getting shatted because she gets <laughs> the cause she gets the ruin from like the Uguay looking dragon elder, <laughs> right. and um, and God, I love that dragon elder. He's so smug. Oh, He's so like, of sure. course, I'm giving you the best one of all. It's the ruin, and she is
0: pissed. Mm-hmm. And you have the the younger, darker-skinned boy, you know, getting his guitar to be a bard. From a
1: one-eyed owl bard! A (laughs) one-eyed owl bard! It's the best!
0: Yeah, some (laughs) of my favorites, since you gave me your favorite. I wrote down some of my favorites, uh, starting from the beginning, because that would make sense. B is for book, the source of all our fun. And not just because this is a great book, but because it shows the the GM or DM depending on what game they're playing. This young girl reading off of Kalmox's Revenge. Now question yep. for you, is that a real game? Like what is that Yeah, a- it's
1: what a Caleb's it's one of Caleb's games. Okay. It's one of his friends. It's one of his friends' campaigns. Awesome.
0: It's Kalmox's so Revenge. She's reading yeah. off of this book and has her hand in the air and there's this fantastical scene in the air, you know, with this overlord and you have these characters and the kids are just looking up into this fantasy scene with eyes of wonderment and they're just they're all in like all it takes they're all in is that adventure all it takes is that inspiration that idea so that was just incredible because i think unfortunately as we get older sometimes we lose that wonderment we lose that sense of imagination because as you get older you kind of learn like they used to say you learn how the sausage is made you start to see (laughs) you know the behind the scenes things and you but with this like getting kids and just explaining to them this world and these characters that is all it takes sometimes you don't even need to do that the kids will come up with it by themselves yeah so that was yep that was one of my favorites uh k is for kingdoms let's explore inside of one yep. um mainly because the sneaky rogue down at the bottom of that panel who is taking his little thief boy yep taking yep. his hood and kind of being all sneaky I'm biased because I play a rogue currently. So,
1: so of course, you want the sneaky little boy. The, one, the, the, uh, the kid that you know you've seen on your street who has lit the bag of poop on your street. <laughs> right. Like, you look at that boy, and you're like, I know who that kid is. Mm-hmm. I've seen that kid on my street playing with my kids. You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, and then a couple other ones real quick. P is for planning. So how do you want to do this? And that was another one that resonates because frequently... Uh we will be playing our game and I will be like, Okay, this is what I want to do <laughs> and frequently my DM is like, uh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, that idea of planning, like and it shows this right. this kid, you know, okay, I want to jump over here, I want to throw this, I wanna do that. So again, just the imagination is, is right. incredible.
1: Yep. And those are and that's just what makes it fun and interesting. It's, uh, it's 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 again, it's so delightful because it encompasses everything about role-playing games mm-hmm. and gives kids an opportunity and parents to explore those opportunities together. Mm-hmm. Like we say, it is a book for players of all levels, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So. Absolutely, because, I mean, one of the hopes, of course, is the kid gets interested in these. And just like you, if you have a kid who then is growing up with this and then they're like, Dad, show me how to play this game best day of your life <laughs> because then you're like I got them <laughs> I brainwashed them from a young age to fall in love with role-playing and it worked
1: yep yep it worked uh, so it's it's great. Right now, you can order it on Thinky. You can order it directly on our website, which is huntersbooks.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be getting some more stuff out for the holiday stuff. Um, we'll probably be doing a holiday giveaway because we have bookmarks and stickers that we have from the Kickstarter that I'll probably do as part of an exclusive um, holiday special. It's a different type of thing than what we've done in the past, which has been exclusively zombie role-playing games <laughs> and zombie survival <laughs> role-playing games. Right? Right. Um, so the website, does. Doesn't really look like a place you'd buy a children's book at right now, but um, it's still still fine,
0: you know. Because <laughs> that was how you kind of got into the gaming industry, because your first game was Outbreak Undead, right?
1: Yep, mm-hmm. Yep, Outbreak Undead, um, uh, which was a zombie survival simulation RPG that we came out with in 2011. Mm-hmm. And allowed anybody to accurately simulate any kind of zombie apocalypse scenario they want under any circumstances that they want with any kind of zombies that they want to the degree <laughs> of realism that if they uh, if you took a forty question personality test and took it on our website mm-hmm. it would give you your core stats if you were to play yourself as a character so
0: awesome now with those Yelp. two <laughs> two vastly different projects yep uh, what have what has been some of like your greatest successes and also, and I will not use the word failures because whatever, but what would you say? We all learn from them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say are your greatest successes and the other things that you learned that were not as successful during this whole process?
1: Our first book printing foray into the world was a very enlightening experience. Also very expensive. Mm. You know, when we learned about just the realities of publishing, We really didn't know what we were getting into, and there was no way really to know without ever really being a part with it. No one really sat us through the logistics or really the math element of (laughs) what it costs to print a book like this Mm -hmm. and just how much money you can expect to make even if you are successful at doing it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely does because the book is incredibly high quality. I mean, it is a hardcover book for the ABCs of RPGs, the activity book, is a full size soft cover book because it is mm-hmm. a coloring book and everything but 54 pages it, yeah. yeah the book itself i mean it is a solid book it is not something you know that feels flimsy or feels like it was rushed to get out like this is an it's a nice book. book,
1: yeah. And that's through years of finally just finding the right people, the right printers, and you know, quality checking things mm-hmm. and making sure that you know communication is done right. And it does that. That stuff unfortunately takes time, and it takes mistakes to learn how to do them right. Right. You know, and particularly when you finally learn the cost element of it, uh, you know, and you learn the beautiful realities of inventory management, which <laughs> uh-huh. are words uh, that you would never hear a creative person say, but they are so necessary if you're mm-hmm. going to be doing stuff like this. Because math um, is
0: my least favorite part of role-playing, so I can imagine math being the least uh, enjoyable part of, part running of a, this.
1: And <laughs> uh, well, uh, just running a business in general, you know. Um, but God, is it fun. And God do the results just speak for themselves. Like, um, the day that Felicia Day got back to me Uh, with that quote that's on the back of the book Mm -hmm. um, was like, it was just such a happy day for me because I sent her an early PDF copy of it and was like, hey, you know, would you be interested in giving us a quote? Because her book just recently had come out Mm. and I was like, it it would mean the world if you would be interested in looking at this book and potentially give us a quote. And I wasn't going to do that (laughs) normally. Like, if I didn't, like... uh, most of the times that would not happen unless I just literally said, "Okay, I'm going to do this." And as right. soon as I asked for it, I let it go out of my mind forever. Didn't care. I was like, "All right, well, that's done. Can't do anything more." Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was like two weeks before uh, before we had to ship it off to the printers. You know, before <laughs> I had to s- ship the digital document out to the printers, and and she just she just gave she, it was just that the re- the reply back with the email was just that line, and it was. Uh, I was shocked and uh awesome. and I was just so happy to give her a book when it finally came out. I'm like, here, this is yours now. You thank you um mm-hmm. oh so much. Uh
0: Yeah. She's and that, a, she's that quote that Ivan is talking about, the quote is an adorable book for geeks big and little. Yep. And that is yep. a perfect
1: quote. <laughs> it's it's right. And then the other one's from a guy from Reddit. Right. Oh, is it Did you really? You see that one? Oh, Did oh yeah, so, it, right? uh, it's,
0: uh, yeah, he was attributed to that. That that yeah. quote is quote, my kid does not need more books, but he needs this one, Twisted Viking Barbarian, <laughs> some guy on Reddit.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> I thought that was uh, that was perfect. <laughs> like um, if 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 like people in this world will understand anything, it will understand that and some guy from Reddit. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> to have those juxtaposed is is pretty amazing. Yep, 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 yep. Excellent. So the book is amazing. Uh, that people can get it on ThinkGeek.com. They can get it off of uh, your own website, which is is it Hunter's Press or is it Hunter's Books? Hunter's Books.
1: Hunter'sBooks.com. Hunter's if you go to Hunter'sBooks.com, you'll you'll see a link to our store at the very top. You can always go to ThinkGeek. Um, Uh, You can buy it from your friendly local gaming store. Just ask them to order it if they don't have it in stock. If they don't have it in stock, say shame on you and um, (laughs) ask them to order it. And uh, that should be there. That should be it.
0: Excellent. And then lastly, kind of wrap things up. What has been one of your favorite gaming moments recently? If you want to do one that you did like on air and then maybe one off air November.
1: No, this one's perfect. Actually, the game that I ran this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't run it. I was just a player, and it was nice to be a player. Um, but uh, I i don't know if you know, but um, Volo's uh, Guide to Monsters just came out from D&D oh, right. recently. Mm-hmm. And Volo's Guide to Monsters is basically like... And it's not even extended bestiary. It's like an extended lore book on monsters, goblinoids, bugbears, um, gnolls, mm-hmm. and talking about their culture and how to role play with them and like all of these very fun things Sheesh. that normally you don't think about when you think about, oh, a goblin horde or like what, what god does the gnolls worship <laughs> and why do they do what they do and why are they completely unreasonable? You know, mm. like that kind of stuff. But also Volo's Guide of Monsters, one of the reason that people liked it is because it took... and allowed you to do some interesting player character options that normally may have been creatures, like making a creature... Like a, make a Yuan-Ti okay. um, mm-hmm. player character. Or um, the one that I played, and so this is my story, is, is that over the weekend, I played a Kenku. Kenku? A Kenku Cleric. So if you... um. If you played Pathfinder, they're called Tengus, all right? But they're tiny (laughs) birdmen. They're tiny birdmen who... The story of their race goes that they were were like a sentient race that was then struck down by a wrathful god when they got too curious and took away a very powerful artifact from Mm -hmm. the god. And so the god took away their ability to speak, took away their ability to create... And mm. took away their ability to fly all right, so Kenku are essentially their mimic their' mimicry mm-hmm. and normally they 're used by like assassins as like scouts or lookouts, but then they talked about how you could incorporate it into your role player, how you can make it a character um, and Kenku, because they can't talk, they can only mimic sounds or words that other people say like kind of like you know? the, the
0: liar bird type thing, yeah mm-hmm. okay,
1: so they they only communicate. Through sounds that they that they hear, hmm. you know, so it's perfect mimicry, and it sounds exactly like whatever that is. So, um, uh, which makes they're perfect for like writing down maps or like taking information, mm-hmm. or but but they're not good at making plans. They can't create plans. They right. can't be intuitive <laughs> thinkers. They're not like that. They're they're birds, hmm. you know. But they're but their interest. But they're, but it was so fun to role play him because. I basically could not contribute to any of the planning elements of Mm -hmm. the party, but I could respond and react – And then communicating to them about things that are happening, Mm. I could use Mimic. So like, for example, we're going into battle and there's these wolves, these um, blighted wolves that are running after Mm -hmm. us. And so my way of communicating that there are wolves coming through this way is to mimic the exact sound that the wolf was making and then make sounds like crossbow bolts firing as if I was going to shoot at them. So instead of me saying, I'm going to fire at these blighted wolves that are coming at me, Mm -hmm. in my brain, I have to think about how a Kenku would respond to that and what sounds that it would use in order to communicate that very simple idea.
0: That sounds incredible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so fun. And, and so Kenku's names are based off of the sounds that they make as part of their trade or part of whatever okay. they do. Mm-hmm. So like artisan Kenkus could be called um, hammer or clanker mm-hmm. or swish because those are the sounds that they often make as part of their trade or how they communicate. Hmm. you know um the same way that like cutter or um slasher or thwip thwip might be sounds of warriors <laughs> mm-hmm. of kenku warriors you know so mine because he's a kenku cleric um his name was aha
0: makes perfect sense okay <laughs> mm-hmm. cuz he's
1: a, he's in the knowledge domain mm-hmm. so a kenku cleric in the knowledge domain <laughs> with the name aha you know wow <laughs> and uh, obsessed with shinies, and that's the best part oh, about of Kenku too, is they don't know really how to interpret wealth. Mm-hmm. So you could give them a piece of plastic that looks beautiful, and because it's shiny, mm-hmm. they're perfectly happy with it. Hmm. You know, And that's very fun to kind of play an ignorant character like that. Mm-hmm. To be totally okay with getting screwed over because my character likes shinies.
0: And not not screwed over in the sense of like if you're playing a generic barbarian you know you might have that same type of thing where it's just like hulk smash you yeah, know and they're playing. like here yeah. here is a trinket to keep you occupied right this here's a
1: trinket to keep you occupied yeah yeah here's a trinket to keep you occupied mm-hmm. and that was the best part is when they would talk to me or when they would ask me these questions i would just give generic responses of sounds that i thought but then i would also because I, the vivid image of my mind was beautiful is that Aha would just wander down the road and turn over a stone every once in a while just to look at it because that's what I imagine a bird would do if it was just wandering down the road mm-hmm. with its comrades. So it was fun. It was really fun. Aha is now kind of my favorite.
0: That <laughs> so. And it takes someone to role play like that, to get into the head of this creature and how they act and how they would responded take someone with that innovative style of thinking that you have to really make that work and it sounds it sounds killer it sounds amazing i really wish that i could have watched you do that <laughs>
1: he's, he's he's i mean if if matt ever ever asked me to be on critical role i am going to ask him If he would let me play, uh aha! So amazing, (laughs) very very cool.
0: Uh, So yeah, that was that was one of your favorite uh, things. And then, what is what is next for you, Ivan? (laughs) Because oh, it's okay. (laughs) there, There are just so many things. Trying to keep up with you. What is next? What is going on?
1: Um, right now I still have my. Wednesday afternoon show called the Forever Verse, mm-hmm. which is our RPG version of the show Sliders or Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we are pl- so we just visit different RPG worlds with the same cast of characters every quarter or so. So we're playing the f- we're playing Seventh Sea right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a couple of board games. Okay, um, and uh, there is. Uh, there's International Tabletop Day, which is coming up in April, and we're working on stuff for that right oh, now. Oh, very cool! Okay, um, a- as well as my How to Play series, which mm-hmm. you can see every Monday when it comes out, um, and then there is a new show on Legendary Digital's new platform called Alpha, which is uh, another SVOD programming. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's essentially it's a it is a paid service like a subscriber VOD, but there's a lot of um, like, enhanced uh, materials that you would normally see on Twitch. So a lot of our Twitch shows simulcast on Alpha, but there are cool interactive tools in the Alpha platform. Very cool. Um, and I have a show that's going to be premiering there in a couple weeks called Build-A-Board.
0: Build-A-Board.
1: Build-A-Board. We're going to build a board game with the community.
0: With the what? <laughs> so,
1: with the community. Okay. All right. Anyone who anyone who tunes in to watch the show, we are going to we're going to build a board game together. So hmm. me and a, me and another host are basically going to design a board game from concept to prototype um over the course of 7 episodes. Uh, awesome. And and put it up free to play online.
0: Very so, cool. Yeah. Huh. Print and play. <laughs> All right. So
1: that's what's up at the moment. Yeah, lots of board games, lots of role-playing games, um, I'm going to make some ABCs of RPGs flashcards here oh, in the yes. near future. Sign, sign
0: me up for those whenever yeah. they come out.
1: <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, that's okay. That's the story.
0: Fantastic. Uh, one last thing, because it was the last thing on my notes that apparently I forgot to talk about earlier. When, in the book, X is for XP, and the archer has two suction cup arrows. Yes. One of the things I noticed with this book is is none of the kids have real weapons and even the villains or the enemies or whatever they might be if they have real weapons you cannot really tell that they are real weapons was that a conscious choice was that something that you guys specifically set out to do
1: yeah because violence is a um, you know violence is a se- sensitive subject with kids conflict is a part of play you know and so i'm not about there shouldn't be no conflict. That's also the part of what makes role playing games and storytelling fun. There should mm-hmm. always be conflict, but I found it as like it needs to be. It needs to be violence in the way that like there's violence in How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. You no, know? mm-hmm. or there needs to be violence in like Shrek, mm-hmm. or you know stuff that is meant for kids. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, so it wasn't like a, oh let's do no violence kind of situation. Um, but definitely, like, you didn't want to have a barbed arrow tip <laughs> on, you know, his his uh his stuff going out because it will just essentially suggest. And more importantly, I don't want an arch little, you know, kid who looks at that character and be like, "That looks like a lot of fun," mm-hmm. and then go and hurt themselves because you know they've 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 essentially replicated. It's the "Do not try this at home," kids. Gotcha. There is kind of one
0: of the images, state. and I forget which letter it is, where it shows. A fighter who has a suction cup arrow stuck in his helmet. (laughs) Yep. So he obviously made a wrong choice during a battle.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and that's LARPing for you. even, Mm -hmm. Even, and when you play, when we all played imaginations, we were all LARPers at one point. If you played imagination with your friends. Mm-hmm. Out in the backyard, you LARPed, kids. Sorry, you just didn't add die rolls to it. Right. You may have added rules to it. For all of you out there, are like, oh, LARPing, that's weird. I would never get into that. You did when you were 10.
0: <laughs> right. Okay? And you survived. Sorry you to tell fine. you.
1: You survived, and you were better for it, so mm-hmm. chill out. <laughs> you know? Excellent.
0: So, yeah, I, I also, I mean, I agree with you that I think it is great that there's this resurgence of adults, or really anyone, but especially adults, getting back into this type of gaming because it reminds us of when we were kids. It reminds us that you can be open. You can be free and do something different, and it is okay. And it's
1: okay. Mm -hmm. So It's totally fine. Be be fun, be amazing, be happy, and play games.
0: (laughs) Be fun, be amazing, and play games. There you go. Excellent. Uh, So where can people find you on the internet twitter and facebook's or instagrams and all of those
1: i am hydra underscore lord on everything (laughs) twitter instagram on facebook you can type in ivan baron van norman or just type in my name i'm there Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i am i am around
0: fantastic uh and if you see ivan in the streets Give him an awesome high five for me, because I have not been able to give him a high five in many, many years.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, John, it's all right. There'll, there'll be an opportunity in the future, I'm sure. But thank you for inviting me out.
0: Yeah, of course. It was great having you. Uh, so for uh, with this podcast, you can find About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at About to Review. We are on iTunes. You can subscribe there. Really appreciate subscriptions, ratings, reviews. You can stream the episodes from the website, AboutReview.com. you can go on Patreon, patreon.com slash review and pitch in a dollar, help keep the lights on, which, uh, since Ivan, since you're not actually in studio, I will show you that I actually I do have a, an on-air. Uh, hey, so. look at that! That's <laughs> so, awesome! Yeah, so if anyone wants to pitch in a dollar and help keep the lights on at the About to Review studio, you can do that there. Thank you, Ivan, for taking time out to do this. I really appreciate it
1: no worries man i appreciate your time and uh thanks thanks for all the the chit chats (laughs) of
0: course and the new books are abcs of rpgs we have been talking about it they're awesome go check them out uh and that about wraps it up so ivan we will see you later all right man take care talk to you later all right we will see you next time